Hey everybody, welcome to the second episode of the Field Recordings Podcast. I'm Ben Kirst. I'm here with Frank Kinjardy. Hello. And today our guest is Buffalo hardcore band The Traditional. And one of the things Frank and I were just talking about as we kind of were getting ourselves ready for this podcast was our own musical experiences. Um, I very briefly played piano. Uh, I tried to teach myself guitar in college. Uh, failed <laughs> miserably, I would say. And uh, Frank actually had some some experience being on being on stage, don't you, Frank? Some very brief moments in college. I think I was about nineteen or twenty. I thought it would be cool to teach myself guitar. And uh, if you stumbled into downtown Lockport in the <laughs> late '90s, early 2000s, and heard uh, Dave Matthews' cover song from a, a coffee shop window, that was me on stage with uncomfortably long hair <laughs> and uh, just trying to make my way through that stuff. It was usually in about in, in front of about five, ten people drinking their coffees, trying to read their newspaper and hoping I'd shut up, but uh, it what, was an experience. What song would you play? I, I actually played um, some original stuff that I wrote that was probably hor- horrible, just awful, awful songs. It takes a little courage, though, to do that. You know, lines. hey, I went for it. And... Uh, <laughs> I remember I covered a couple Pearl Jam songs, and I had made my own interpretation of Radiohead. Um, what the heck? Um, no surprises. And I, I thought it was I was going <laughs> to blow people away with this. And I remember this is the last time I ever attempted to uh, play an open mic night. Was I had the song all prepped? It was ready to rock, and. There were too many people there, and there was somebody up before me that was way better, so I just packed up my guitar, put it in the back of the car, and I never played in front of people again. Wow. <laughs> that's the first time I've heard that story. Uh, that's really funny. And, and nobody ever got to hear my rendition of uh, uh, No Surprises. So you were so nervous, like you, you basically broke you. you just... I just, I think after a couple times doing that, I started to realize where my talent was. Sure. I cannot sing, and I really just muddled through the guitar parts too, so... Um, yeah, it wasn't going anywhere. Was there ever a point when you were when you were performing that you thought to yourself, like, this is going really well. Like, I can see myself doing this. Or maybe I should put in a little more time because I feel like I really have that. I, that I mean, I, guy I, I, <laughs> I enjoyed it. And I would have friends that would come with me and listen. And they would always give me positive feedback. So, I mean, huh. yeah, I was encouraging. But I just, I don't think I liked it enough to uh, keep going with it. And it was difficult once I got roommates and had to practice there and I got embarrassed and just kind of, it died off and I found new hobbies like eating fast food. Every <laughs> well, you've really made a go with that. <laughs> so, congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I All right, folks. Uh, this is our interview with the traditional. But yeah, if you guys could like introduce yourselves, so we have your full names on the air. Okay. Um, I'm Anthony. I play bass and sing. I'm uh, John. I play drums. I'm Mike. I play guitar. I'm Ryan, and I play guitar. So I was reading uh, Buffalo Spree did a write-up on you guys uh, recently, I think, relatively recently, and they said that uh, you got your name from from Yingling, actually. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we like to drink. And <laughs> one day we were drunk and discussing band names, just like on the side of the box. So. Yeah. There was an empty box that we had just finished, and it was right there. And Anthony yeah. was like, what about the traditional? And we were just like... Hell yeah! Yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yeah. So, you guys have been together since when? 2011? 2012? 2012. And uh, when did you start playing together? How did you kind of meet and kind of get things going? Uh, Mike and I played in a band together, and Ryan and John played in a band together. What bands were those? Uh, me and Mike were in Young Youth, and 
Miriam Boys of Autumn. Miriam Boys of Autumn. And then, uh, both those van- bands were just falling apart, and me and Mike decided, like, that we wanted to keep playing together, and we had something that we didn't want to let go. So, um, we had a couple other dudes, and they, they flaked and bailed, like dudes do, and... Yeah, that's the hardest part, is finding people that don't, uh, waste your time, you know, just say they want to do this for real, and then just, you know, screw you over, so. Yeah, so then we got, we got Ryan, and then we needed a drummer, and Ryan was like, well, I was playing with John, and it just came together well. We got lucky. Clicked. So you think coming together process, I'm curious about this, I've never been in a band, uh, and Bob's kind of drunk a bit. (laughs) Uh, but, uh. (laughs) <laughs> but uh so how does like that coming together process happen where you get to the point from like kind of just talking like hey you know maybe we should do this to actually like starting to like write songs together and you know come up with original stuff like how does that kind of work I think you really gotta have like someone who really has the final product in mind um somebody who is like driven to just get it going and um get it all together and you just kind of branch out to dudes who are either not currently playing in bands or like are in other bands to see if they want to do like another project or whatever. And it's a pain in the ass, that's for sure. Right. But um, I think like we got so lucky that we were all super committed to doing this. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? We didn't didn't have to, uh, once it was like the four of us, that was it. It wasn't like, Ryan's fucking doing this or you know what I mean or like and Mike doesn't want to do this it's like it all kind of just came together and stayed together which is awesome definitely need to be committed for a long time it doesn't happen overnight obviously so it's almost like a marketing thing then like you have to kind of like have a vision and kind of pitch it to everyone else and they have to buy into it absolutely absolutely. I think uh, the the biggest thing the EP that we had Anthony and Mike had a lot of the songs already pre-written and then uh, when they came to me with them, we kind of, you know, screwed with them a little bit. And then once that was done, we showed them to John. So having the songs, like, done and everything like that was easy for him and I to just jump on board. So I actually didn't record on the first record. Okay. I joined literally... I came home from a different tour the day they finished the record. Okay. And I, and I had joined, like, a week prior. Is that true? Oh. I remember that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that that first record that I'm not on there at all, which is totally fine, but it was just, they sent me one song when I was on tour. They were like, oh, you want to play? I was like, you know, I'm kind of doing something else, but send me over what you got and, you know, I'll make a decision. And I kind of made them wait for about a week or so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what what were you doing, John? uh... Well, I'm not really going to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) No one's going to hear this. Come on. (laughs) I was in a country band for like two weeks, and it was the worst experience of my life. I was doing nothing musically at the time, and I just needed to start playing, and uh, these, these dudes thought they could uh, get rich real quick, and I was like, well, screw it, why not see if I can do it? And then... Uh, I think the best part of the process, like before, like at some point, you're like, you know what, this could really... I'm, I'm no, it was like, to hell with it, I'll, I'll just give it a shot. And then... Uh, and Blake not bad. He's not, you're right. Blake not bad. But uh, yeah, um, they sent me one song, and I was just like, this is awesome. And then it was a... Uh, give up No, Give Up Your Ghost was the first uh, one. And I, I showed a bunch of the kids that I was on tour with, and they were like, dude, this is hella awesome. I was like, I guess I'm doing it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, 
I don't want to do country, so. <laughs> yeah, Simon, what, what was it that made you guys kind of believe that this could work, that kind of got you guys, you know, was it like a moment, or was it just kind of like over time, because you kind of knew each other, and like when you started playing, you're like, all right, well, you know, this feels right, or was it kind of like something that just clicked, like, right um, off the bat? I don't know, I, I just, I always believed in Anthony, I always felt like he had something, like, really special, because he's been in other successful bands before in the past that I always thought was, you know, I looked up to, I thought it was impressive, so. I just, uh, I think everybody kind of, you know, wasted his time, too, you know, in the past, so I realized that uh, we could do something cool with him, so. And Anthony, you do most of the writing, like, lyrically? Yeah, I do it all lyrically, and then I write pretty much the skeletons of the songs before they are really what they are, mm -hmm. you know, and kind of bring them through. For the most part, that's not always the case, either. like, Ryan writes songs, I might write songs too, but um, for the most part, like, I'll write, like, the beginning of what a song is going to be, yeah. and then I'll just show it to them, and they kind of piece it together for me and make it what it really is going to end up being. So the words kind of come first, and then you guys kind of put it to music after that, or kind of just uh, all kind of happens at once? Or? Half and half, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, some, a lot of the times when I'm writing personally, it'll be like, I'm at work, and I'm riding around, and, and just like, uh, you know what I mean? Or like, lyrics come to my head, and I start writing a melody to it, and I'm yeah. like, the, whatever, the guitar's going to be under that. And then... I'll get home and it's like irritating me and irritating me and I'll, you know, simple chorus, simple verse, simple bridge, whatever. And then they're like, well, let's do this, let's do this. And then it usually turns out to be what it is. So when it comes to you at work, you have to just remember it the whole day until you get home. You, can't, <laughs> yeah. you don't have your phone on you, you can just record it or something? I don't, I don't do like, I'll do like notes, like yeah. uh, like a text notes, yeah. so I don't forget the lyrics, but I never do like the... <laughs> The voice knows. Yeah, it's a good idea. It would save me a lot of time. I guess. Yeah. But it would be scary to think about losing something like that. Yeah. If you know you got something good. And I'm always at work too, so I don't want to just be like, all the dudes are over here like, shut the fuck up. Hold on, guys, you gotta do this. You gonna say something? I was just gonna say with with him writing the lyrics before the guitar parts, like. You realize that our music is a little more catchier because his lyrics aren't like slave to what Mike and I would write. Right. Yeah. So he's able to express like what he wants to say and everything like that. And then it comes job. out better that way. If yeah. Like, you, know. you don't like I've never been in a band that like you deal with like that kind of process. You know. Yeah. It's always like the guitar player that just like writes a song and tells everyone what they have to do and. Huh. Um, it all kind of just comes together with the four of us. So. Yeah. What's like the as as a group like. Uh, like, what's your editing process, I guess? Like, so when you first start, and now it seems that you've all, you've been playing together for a while, you've toured together, you've recorded a couple albums and an EP together, so, you know, if someone comes up with something and the rest of the group doesn't really think it's great, you probably feel comfortable saying that. Like, how did, how did you kind of learn to have that comfort? And is it still kind of awkward sometimes when someone has something that the rest of the group is kind of like, well, maybe this isn't quite what we want? Yeah, it can get, it can get awkward, but it's not like, an, it's not awkward in the sense where it's like, we won't say anything. Yeah. Like, right, the three yeah. of us won't, like, play something that the fourth person is, like, in love with just because they're in love yeah, with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? We have, we, we, um, we typically won't not try something. Yeah. Like, it, even if we know that we don't like it right off the bat, we'll run through it a couple times and then see if we can, like, you know, get it together. Maybe it's just the way we heard it. We, that's what we didn't like. Like, if yeah. everybody starts playing together... Sometimes it'll turn into something that's a lot better than the original thing. Mm -hmm. So we always give it a shot. It doesn't always yeah. make the cut, though. Yeah, it's got to feel right. You know? yeah. it doesn't, we all know if it doesn't feel right. Yeah. 
And you gotta be honest too, you know, there's no sense in lying to each other. Yeah, why are you gonna... <laughs> First and foremost, this is... Like something that you yeah, can't, you can't address. Also, like, this is a... Right. Like, we're trying to run this like a business. Although, like, we're having a ton of fun, like, we're trying to succeed with this, so we can't just play anything. We, we have to play what we think is gonna be something that everybody else yeah. grasps, grasps right. onto. You're kind of married to it after you record it, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You have to make sure it's That's something true. like... What bands you guys listen to? Like, what kind of music do you guys like? And you have, you well, yeah. so many. We are yeah. all into so much different stuff. Yeah. Lately, I've been super into um, Moose Blood and the Menzingers and Polar Bear Club. But always, I'm super into Brand New and Kevin Devine and Margot and the Nuclear So and So. Yeah. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of Mansions. Um, that band's awesome. And then uh, I, I listen to a lot of. Uh, Early two thousands, late nineties emo. Okay. Um, stuff like Get Up Kids, uh, Elliot. Um, I don't know, just a lot of bands from that that time period. That stuff you listen to when you're younger and just kind of. Have... Yeah, my uh, my older brother is the one who really got me into music. Yeah. So when he, that stuff was gone, I was like six, <laughs> yeah, seven. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, that's the music. That's the music I like grew to love because my brother got me into all that stuff. So cool. I've been listening to a lot of uh, classic rock lately, like ACDC and stuff. Let's up them. I mean, hmm. they do it right. So I'd like to get as good as Angus Young someday. That'd be awesome. Hmm. Um, I kind of grew up like on Metallica, yeah, and whatnot. Uh, but lately, I've been just spinning all the Jimmy Eat World records front to back. Hmm. You know, just revisiting those and again. Some of the best albums that I've ever heard. Do you find that stuff kind of sinking into your own music at times? Like kind of seeping into like what you're playing? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like for me, um, my favorite band is Receiving Under Sirens. So the, like the the delays and the reverb kind of stuff that you hear, like yeah. kind of comes from me, just from like that aspect. And like the rock and roll type of vibe kind of comes from Mike. So like you hear like these different influences and that's what kind of makes this all great is because everything is different from every one of us. You gotta try to be inventive, you know, with your music. Yeah. Stand out as much as possible. Well, and I think that kind of, that's a good transition to some of the questions I wanted to ask you too. So like you listen to uh, You Can't Rebuild Forever and it has definite kind of like sound to it and then the new album (laughs) is, you you can kind of hear the transition. You can kind of hear you guys growing a little bit. Like talk a little bit about you know where you were at musically on that first record and kind of the direction you feel like you're going right now I think with the You Can't Rebuild Forever it was written um, pretty quick and just like myself and Mike just bang this record together super fast and then once Ryan came into the band we added a couple more songs and a couple more um, little details and stuff but nothing crazy we kind of just like smashed this record together recorded it Put it out so that we could be like a relevant band or whatever. Yeah. In the meantime, we are writing songs for How to Live Without Blood. So, some of the like some of those songs have been written for like two years or yeah. something. Yeah. My brother was. The, yeah, yeah, that was a, one of the first songs we wrote. And I think the first one that I played with you guys when I joined the band was uh, Maryland. Maryland. Yeah. yeah. Maryland too. And that yeah. one was like, what two almost. Two and a half years ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My Brother's The Sea was written before Maryland, but wasn't played. We didn't all play it together before Maryland. Just, it was like a me and Mike thing for a long time. But so, like, then you have all of this time before you hit the studio to, like, perfect these songs. Uh-huh. If you heard My Brother's The Sea the way that it was written, 
and you heard it now, they don't even sound like the same song mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, so production really makes a big difference. Yeah. You have you like everything over and you know, cheese yeah. and leads and stuff. It's and and that was like, that was yeah. like we did pre-production ourselves like six times before we even did studio pre-production. Very necessary process. Absolutely. So, um, I think on this record we kind of had time to grow as dudes, but also grow as like industry musicians where we're taking our songs from we wrote this song, let's record it, to we wrote this song, like, how can we make it 25 times better, 50 times yeah. better than yeah. what it was before, so. Like, the, that, this record, we, probably the one thing we spent the most time on, honestly, in my opinion, is me and Anthony spent a ton of time on writing parts for the oohs and ahs in the songs, because you, we look at, like, yeah. Stay What You Are by Saves the Day, and we're like, that's a catchy song every song on that record has some kind of harmony with an ooh and ah or whatever and uh we just made a point to to make that present on this record yeah and it definitely like took a lot of time but i think we're definitely happy with the way it came out it was it was that we definitely just put a lot more time into it instead of worrying of about how much time we were spending we were worrying about the final product how much time do you guys put into picking the placement of the songs? Like, that's kind of like a permanent set list. <laughs> oh, and we did that on the way home from tour. Yeah. Uh, we did a little run in August, and uh, the the way home, we, uh, was it was it in August, or was it with Silly? Uh, it was with Silly, I think. So it was yeah. like April. Well, we had, we had the first mixes or whatever, and we were discussing it, and we were like, oh, we don't know, so... We literally listened to that record or the ends of each song going into the next song of like an idea 20, 30 times. Yeah. And then we kind of just figured it out on the way home. When we didn't have really have anything else to do for a couple hours. Yeah, so. right. As, I mean, besides Skeletons, like the first half of the record, it has like a different vibe to it than the, the back half of it yeah. has. If you kind of notice like how the, the tones kind of change after... Um, was a disaster into the interlude yeah. that we have. <laughs> Which I thought the interlude actually was really interesting. It's like almost like a grizzly bear-esque, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, like, definitely. Uh, yeah. I mean, like all sorts of music. Definitely influenced by stuff like that, so. When I first started listening to the new album, like my thought, I take away from it, I'm like, man, this is a, it's pretty dark. This is, it sounds like a breakup album in a lot of ways. But like, as I listened to it more, and you know, I came to this today in a lot of ways when I was thinking about it, it seems almost like, I feel like, Everyone goes through that period in their life where they start to like, you know, you assess like the bad relationships you have in your life, the things that are kind of holding you back, and the desire to kind of get away from that, but also how you kind of want to be part of it still. Is that kind of where you feel like you are right now? Like you're kind of trying to grow, but also feel like some of the things that may be holding you back are still kind of weighing anchors to a certain extent? I mean, the record is, it's, it's about a lot of stuff. And it's about, it's super personal to me. This is probably the most personal record I ever wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of stuff was, a lot of stuff is always going on. Sure. Um, I don't know how to put it into words, really. Are you you when you sing in the song? Or yeah. is it I? Like, are you speaking directly about yourself? Yeah. Or are you speaking about characters you are? So? I is me. Yeah. Always. Always, always. Um, and you is typically one person, too. And... Um, when I'm writing, it's just like finally getting to release all that pent up emotion yeah. and bullshit. And, you know, this band has always really been my outlet for that, whether it been, you know, the first record or this record. Um, 
it always has really just been my chance to kind of say my piece with all of these situations that yeah. I'm singing about. But yeah, I is always is always I, is always me. <laughs> so sometimes like I hear what you're saying in your songs, I'm like I I kind of hate it because I'm like it reminds me very much of like the relationships I had like when I was in my early twenties, right? And uh, just like it dredges up like feelings. I'm like shit. You know, I don't like thinking about that, right? Yeah. And so from your end, but at the same time, like that's that's, that's art, right? Because that's powerful right. enough to do that. So from your end, like to have to rehash that every time you go out on stage, every time you hear the song, like is that yeah. cathartic or is that does it at some point are you just kind of like man, I just need to. <laughs> It's start writing about something else. Right? It's both, man. Yeah. It's both. Because what I, I write these songs in this way with this kind of emotion and um, whatever is so that like somebody else that hears it can understand like, holy shit, like this dude's going through this too or like this right. dude has been through the same feelings that I'm having. But at the same time, yeah, sometimes it's really hard for me to get up there and play those songs. Like my brother's the sea is a tough song for me to sing. Every time I get into the second verse, like especially live, because it's such an emotional experience to begin with, right? Um, I'm all, I always like choke up, and I end up like screaming the whole second part of it, because it's like that emotional for me to kind of play songs, play that song especially, and yeah, I I totally understand where you're coming from with it, yeah. but I think that is like exactly how you put it like the the fact that it has the power to make people feel that way yeah is just super important to me and i think that's like an important part of this band too what about you guys like when he comes to you with like these deeply personal lyrics or you know is it what are your feelings when that happens you know are you kind of like like wow this is kind of like sure you want to go this direction yeah, or it's definitely got some heavy lyrics mm -hmm. yeah darks at points but he just really knows how to write a sweet hook, you know. It's, yeah. it's really, really catchy stuff. Right? Like, you know, <laughs> stuff that I want to sing along with. That's like that's the, that, that makes or breaks a band, in my opinion. A nice or a good vocalist, you know, that can keep my attention. So. Yeah. I mean, I, like we, like we know what he's going through because yeah. you know we talk and everything like that. Right. So when he sings it, like we know like what he's trying to say. I can recall when we did Run. And the first time that we played it, I like started tearing up just like hearing the lyrics, like playing it for the first time, and, yeah. like, knowing like what he's going through and everything like that. And, like that's just like what we're trying to get through to people is like understanding feelings, I guess. Yeah, I, I feel like whenever he writes uh, a real, a real heavy part, um, we we're like, wow, that's really good, but. Dude, you're all right. <laughs> What's wrong? With, like, are you okay? And it's, he's, it's usually just like, oh, this is old lyrics that I wrote a while ago, or this is just something that came through my head or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And we always, like, you know, we joke about it, but we're always like, dude, you're cool, right? And then he's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. We're like, all right, let's do it. Like, whatever. But some of the lyrics are just like, you hear it and you're like, what? What? Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, yeah. Wow. It was the last chance that I had
Visionary, I, I guess that's like how your most popular song I would get. But like, kind of like the breakdown on that, like after like the, the feel alive part, and like just everyone's kind of locks in at the same time. Like that just has to be like the most cathartic feeling every time. It just has to just feel great. Like, that song is the best song to play live because no matter what, especially at home, no yeah. matter what, kids are going crazy. He yeah. won't sing in the mic half the time, and you, all you hear is just these kids screaming it back at you. And funny. that's like the most humbling feeling yeah. because. Like, I've never been in a band that had that presence of a fan base yeah, or yeah, people yeah. who actually gave a shit. Yeah, like I, it, so to sit there and then just that those first do 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 do, and then everybody just starts going crazy screaming yeah, yeah. the lyrics. That's it. Always gives me goosebumps every time. What's it? Like, what's it like to be in front of that many people? It's gotta be. I mean, it's nerve wracking, is it? Or not, not really. You just kind of, whether you're playing in front of 550 people or you're playing in front of five people, you go out there and you you leave it all out there. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing we're strong believers in. Like, we've done a lot of tours where we'll show up to a show and there's 10, 15 kids in the crowd. Yeah. Or there's three kids in the crowd that yeah. aren't in another band that's playing with us. And, like, we always try and just play as hard as we would at a home show, sold-out home show. Like, we want kids to... because. When I go to a show, the band that you remember the most is the band that went crazy, but they still yeah. nailed their parts, and they kept it together, but they still, they showed that they had fun on stage. Controlled. So that's what we want, that's what we, we try to do at on tour. Like, controlled chaos, you know? Yeah. yeah. How much have you guys toured? Like, how, how far have you been out of Buffalo as the traditional? We did a full U.S. <clears throat> we went all the way out to California and back. The last tour we did, we blew the tire before we even got like out of Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, we were in we were in uh, Selmick. Yeah, we were, we were in like Silver Creek or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, if you're gonna do it, you might as well. It, well, we blew the tire, but it wasn't like, oh, you got a flat. It was like we blew the entire <laughs> side wall out. So we like we we were like, all right, well, you know, we'll drive down the street real quick. There's a there's a tire place. We get there, it's open, and the guy's like, no, nah, sorry. Closed. Yeah, so then we had to sit there and wait or whatever, but then we made it down to, to, to Florida and we got all like four brand new tires even though we only needed one. It was awesome. It was so the price of two. It was a beautiful thing. <laughs> do you sleep in the van all the time or do you ever get like a lot of times? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, more, yeah, we more get, than half the time. Probably. Yeah. Well we, more than half the time I think we sleep in the van. We have homies around yeah. now. Most of the time we have a loft yeah. in the back so two people can sleep there and then two people can sleep in the front or whatever. But we don't have one right now. We gotta work on that. So, yeah. So I've been sleeping uh, behind the driver's seat. Yeah. <laughs> Is the only one you can fit there? Between the bench, the, the, yeah, the bench and the driver's seat. There's probably like a yeah. room. I could never do it, dude. That is crazy. I could sleep how to like it. You learned how to like it. I actually I sleep respect. very well. <laughs> Great but he used to sleep on a pile of garbage. Ryan will sleep in the front in the front seat and he'll he'll pull uh, he'll recline it all the way back and you can't see him at all and he can't move until Ryan wakes up. <laughs> so he's yeah. just shit out of luck until Ryan gets up. You don't think up. about that though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you probably can't like get to know people any better than you can by like living in like a like eight foot by two foot space. It's so true. It's so true. Like who controls the radio or is it like a fight driver? Kind of, yeah, it's kind of driver. How do you decide who drives? Like, I mean, cause... Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I drive, like, 95% of the time. Do you I mean, have red hair and yeah. glasses? Then you are driving. Yeah. <laughs> because you want to? Like, do you feel like you want no, to? No, absolutely. I like yeah. being in control of my own destiny. <laughs> exactly. Same way. Yeah. Um, you know, it also, like, gives them time to sleep and whatnot. And 
I, I drive for my job. Like, that's what I do. So, yeah. like, eight hours a day, like, I'm driving. So I'm kind of just used to it. And... What were your favorite cities? Like, what shows do you remember from? Oh, like... absolutely Nashville. Nashville is yeah. always wild. Nashville is always a banger every yeah. time we go. Southern mm-hmm. hospitality is a real thing. Yeah. yeah. Very friendly people down there. Somehow, somehow these dudes got our record. I think they got it on Absolute Punk. Um, when, when You Can't Rebuild Forever came out. So this is so long ago. Yeah. It's because so, we followed Delton. We followed yeah. him on Twitter and he checked us out. So he got our record and we went down to Nashville one time, like not really expecting anything. And these dudes came out and they were, they knew every word to every song. Yeah. They were going insane. So we were like, well, hell yeah, like somebody cares about yeah. this. Mm. So then we went fans. back. <laughs> we went back. They brought more people who knew the words. Like, more and more people were going crazy. So then, the last time we went through, they, um, our buddy Phil and his wife invited us into their home to play a show, and they built this huge addition on their house, yeah. and they had just finished it. The day, the, the day, night before. Day, yeah. They're just like, like, just like you put a fire under my ass to finish it. We're like, what do you mean? He's like... We were literally, they were all just like, we were literally here until five in the morning working on this to finish it. Yeah. We're like, well, fine. That was the coolest house show Yeah, oh, so yeah. there's like 50, there's like at least 50 to 100 people like in this edition and they're just going nuts. And yeah. then we partied with them all night and it was a blast. Those, those dudes are the best. Yeah. Well, thanks guys. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, well, thank you dude. Uh, traditional, everyone. Woo! <laughs> Music for Field Recordings is provided by the traditional. The opening song is called Disaster from their new album How to Live Without Blood, which is available on iTunes. And you can also get more information on the band by going to thetraditional.bandcamp.com.